0: Welcome to a special episode of the Eclectic Readers Book Club. Today we're interviewing J.D. Lakey, the author of sci-fi series The Black Bead Chronicles. Joanne, thanks so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for inviting me. This is awesome. My pleasure. So before we uh, go into the actual book of The Black Bead, um tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, I'm a mom and a grandma and uh, a former surveyor civil engineering tech. Uh, right now I'm a printer. Wow,
0: that's, that's a lot of careers. It's great.
1: <laughs> I actually started out as a forest service tech.
0: Well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, so with all those fields uh, that you worked in, have you always known you wanted to be a writer?
1: You know, I, I've always been artistically inclined. I got my first tubes of paint and paintbrushes when I was 11 and it just the canvas became constraining so I moved moved the the storytelling into um, uh, the printed word instead of pictures so I I paint pictures with my words now
0: oh that's interesting so you find that words are just gives you a more open
1: way of expressing yourself Yeah, yeah um just you know, I have, uh, I'm a sci-fi geek from the beginning, and and it's easy to draw the pictures, but it's so much more fun to t- tell you the story behind the pictures.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Um, so, you said you're huge into sci-fi. Who are some of your favorite authors or books?
1: You know, I started out being uh, an Isaac Asimov fiend. You yeah, know, I read, yeah. read everything he wrote. I um, have, you, know, you know, Heinlein and... and Herbert, and, you, know, you know, anything I could get my hands on. But then I gradually uh, gravitated towards female authors
0: hmm.
1: back in my 20s. Okay.
0: Would <laughs> so, it be like Anne
1: McCaffrey type? Yeah. I've, okay. I've, I've, I think I've read most of hers right okay. now. My favorite author, and she will be until the day I die probably, is CJ Cherry oh, because okay. she writes so much like how I think. So, you know. When when I want to relax my brain, I go pick up one of her books. Okay, so she's uh,
0: an author you find inspiration from that you pull inspiration. Yeah,
1: because she she has the ability to write both male and female parts without you know being too sexist in, in either respect.
0: Right, that is sometimes hard to do. Is it is it when is. you're the opposite sex of writing for that.
1: Yeah, character. Oh, you're, you're, you're not, Turn on the television and find somebody, some guy who's, you know, written a female character that is oh, so oh. bloody awful. Very
0: true. <laughs> and it's infuriating. Oh, it <laughs>
1: is. It
0: is. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, do you have any writing rituals uh, besides going to your favorite authors?
1: Um, I, you know, this is weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. It's really bad, bad videos of stuff, TV and movies, and and, and the, the, the portrayal of women and the dialogue of women and the bad dialogue of anything, Just it, I turn it off and go, okay, I can do this better.
0: <laughs> so we won't mention those shows. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. That's kind of you know, how people, you know, when they grow up, it's like, I, okay, I know not what to be like. Yes. I'm going to go the opposite direction.
1: Well, you know, when I was a kid, that's what I did. I would, you know, I would get sent to bed because, oh, you know, you're eight and you got to go to bed. So in my head, I'm laying in bed going, you know, I just watched a show and I hated the endings. I would rewrite everything in my head. That mm. just, you know, that carried over to when I started writing. Well,
0: that's kind of a cool way to, to write. And don't hear that very often. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> um. <laughs> So what other books have you written outside of the Black Bee Chronicles? You
1: know, I'm I'm a short story writer by training, by inclination. I've got a website that's got like 300 short stories on it. Oh, wow. So the Black is is a short story that's sort of been hanging in my head for 20 years, and I kept rewriting it and rewriting it. Finally, I... It, it got to be a book, and I went, okay, fine, let's let's publish it, <laughs> run it up the flagpole and see who salutes, so to speak.
0: Oh, that's great. So it's
1: kind of a work of love with the series. It totally is. Yeah, that's it's, great. It's, you know, the world building, you know, it started out, you know, with a simple scene of a, a psychic li- lizard and a girl, and, you know, from there it was like, okay, what, why is, why? Mm-hmm. You know, you keep asking why, and you keep writing and building this world to oh, explain okay. everything.
0: All right. So let's delve into Black Beat a little bit, because that's one of the things when I read this book was why and how. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many questions. It was very fascinating to read. But at the end, there's all these questions in my head. It's like, okay, I need to know a little bit more here. <laughs> that's good,
1: because there's five books, maybe six Wow! Okay, all of the th- all the questions you have asked get resolved by book five.
0: Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yes, yes. Um, so let's um, get a little bit deeper here. Uh, there's a society that's very interesting in Blackbead, um, where women have psychic abilities and are the main leaders in society. Um, what was your inspiration or reasoning for that?
1: You know, um. <clears throat> I'm psychic myself on a certain level and, and it, it always fascinated me who is psychic and where that psychic ability comes and then I went, okay, if I built this world and, and the history of why these people are where they are and it turned, I mean, the women became the the interface. You know, the, the theory behind yin and yang is yang is out outward the outward looking face and again is the is inward looking face, and it's traditional that the women are the interior people who nest, and the men are the ones out there guarding guarding the nest
0: right
1: so so the domes became sort of that allegory of who's who's going to take care of the nest and who's outside guarding and it just became you know, who who was who was going to be the ones doing the hard decisions inside the dome. Okay. And, and women tend to be, in my, my perception, far more worthless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then the men are the ones who do all the physical protecting, like outside the dome.
1: Yeah. they're Okay. They're, the, the division of labor is women, women kill inside the dome and men kill outside the dome.
0: Okay. But then sometimes we have, it's the little, it's the girls that we see who go out with the packs who are mostly boys. Right. So are they the exception or, you know,
1: everybody's psychic in this book, but only the girls are trained to us to certain things and the boys are trained to other things. So it's, it's more of a division of labor, labor ordained by the original dome people.
0: Okay, I see. Um, so, are are they witches? Are they genetic experiments? Um, does that get yes. explained
1: in the? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, so, so the history. There's a short history of all this at the end of book five, but basically, they're all scientists, and and hmm. the one character is called the Maker of the Living Thread. And she is a geneticist, and she has labs and microscopes and computers and all that kind of stuff. She's the one that that ordains who who is born and who who dies. So it's it's all very very complicated. So the first book is meant to be simple, without a lot of exposition, and none of that is mentioned, but only in passing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Okay, um, so basically, since everybody has psychic ability, only the f- only the women, the females, have the training. And is that why you in the first book it just seems like only the women have the ability and the men don't? Right. Okay,
1: but later on in the other books, you sort of get a hint that okay. that's not necessarily true. Okay,
0: um, and in regards to parentage, um, because you spoke of a geneticist. Um, children we learn through Chaban is that they don't know their true fathers. How are they born? Right. Is that another spoiler? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. It was, you know, I'm I'm a student of the human condition and Blackbead, the world of Blackbead was, you know, how would you create a, a utopia in which men didn't weren't so Enmeshed in the ownership of things. So for me, that was you know, if you don't know who who your children are, and every child in the dome is your child technically, then that whole ownership and and uh, favoritism of of the patriarchal kind of system would disappear.
0: Oh, okay. So there wouldn't be any um. Like a possessive
1: feeling. Yeah, the, okay. the whole
0: possessive.
1: I own you. I get to say, you know how 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 you're you're brought up and what you have to do.
0: Right, that's, right. That just doesn't exist. So no medieval times. No, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> okay. There's nothing medieval about this. The mm-hmm. use of the witch term is is sort of ironic, and it's also sort of like a shorthand. It's a description of of skill sets. And not so much about magic.
0: Mm, okay, that's interesting. I haven't thought about it like that, but I see that.
1: <laughs> okay. You know, I'm I'm I like to play with the the twist of words. Mm-hmm. So, in in fact, in in the next book, uh, Boda's Tears, there without giving any spoilers, she meets someone who is not of the dome and. They have the same language and the same words, but they don't understand each other. So, it would be a really interesting dynamic mm-hmm. when you, you take words and, and give them other meanings.
0: Right, right. Name, mean, name has meaning. Yes. yes. <laughs> and different meanings for different people.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: Um, so, is because you mentioned the living thread, uh-huh. um, and it was mentioned in the book is that a huge spoiler that we just shouldn't touch at this moment.
1: <laughs> you know, it it's something that that it get, I build on it later on in the other books and it becomes an issue, more of an issue and more of a di- divisive aspect of of life in the dome for for Siobhan. So, without saying any more than that, that's yeah, it's important and I'm not going to really say anything else. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay.
0: <laughs> Buy the second book. Got it.
1: <laughs> Buy the second and third book. Yeah. <laughs> by the fourth book. You'll have most of it figured
0: out. Okay. Oh, good. Um, so we, we were curious about the the beads that they wore. Uh-huh. Um, do you think you can kind of go into more depth and explain what the meanings of the beads and the o- omis? Is that oh, what they, the omis? omis? Okay. What they are, the jewelry, or is it like a tattoo
1: type of thing? So it's, it's a piece of jewelry that is woven in place around the children's necks. The the black beads are the, the, the bloodstones basically not, they're not all the bloodstones all have different colors. Um, the way they're made, the older the, and bigger the stones are, the darker they get, and the more power they have so so she has a black beak around the neck just because just because <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you say that, and and reasons. <laughs> yeah, throughout the book, you see like how powerful she is that she hasn't realized, and she discovers this new talent that she has, so. And it's cooking together in my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the, the ongoing theme of all the books is, is if you have an ability and you haven't learned how to use it yet, would you know the limits?
0: Hmm.
1: How far could you take it? And if no one said, oh, you can't do that, then wouldn't you take it to an extreme? Mm-hmm. So that the books all explore that of what is her limits. Right.
0: Is that why children start going out of the dome so early
1: and they start training so early? Well, if you were, if you were to give a motto the, to the women who run the domes, it would be, in a ruthless world, only the ruthless survive. Ah. So they euthanize their children for very specific reasons. And then at three, when they give the, the choosing ceremony, the choosing day for the, the girls... That's a watershed moment. And uh. girls don't survive that if they don't pass the test. And for boys, it's at eight when they pick a group, a pack, and decide to go outside. Mm-hmm. So if you die, you die. And that's just, you know, the way it is. If you're not fierce enough to survive in Shabon's world, then you don't deserve to be alive.
0: Mm-hmm. So kind of like the greater good
1: right like, okay right. sort of like you know sparta where they you know,
0: right that's kind off. of what i was thinking too <laughs> in the the pit <laughs> that
1: it, it's only hinted at in, in blackbead the first book but it is a warrior cult that she lives in okay that, and, and sort of samurai-ish or sparta-like that kind of thing
0: Right. Well, when they mentioned they were gathering weapons, I was like,
1: okay, <laughs> "You're really young
0: to have a weapon that's pointy." <laughs> they've
1: been trained. They've they've been mm-hmm. already. So right. training training begins early, and and it it's very serious. It's a very serious thing. So boys and girls. Boys and okay. Because everybody has to go outside mm-hmm. and face the big bad world and survive it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that made me think of Siobhan specifically. Was she too young to train? It sounded like she didn't really get much training because she mentioned she was observing what the older kids were doing. She's she's six
1: and she's right. under age. Okay. So by by the time she's eight, she'll have started the, the full on training.
0: But she was kind of teaching herself, basically. Then. Yeah.
1: She okay. She's she knows she's got to catch up. Mm-hmm. She she wants. She knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. And so she's learning. She's teaching herself by obs- observing,
0: right? And why did you decide to make Siobhan so young? If the the start age is eight,
1: um, you know, it's I could. I, there's a couple of reasons. You know, uh my my granddaughter at the time was six, and I sort of started writing a book that I thought she would like to read. And, it turned into something else, else of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it helped to underscore the fact that in the domes and outside the domes, it was important that people be tough and that people learn early that you, you need to embrace all your skills and use them for the max. And because she's special, because she's, hint about it in book one that she has been specifically made for a specific reason and that, you know, it's an unnatural state that she's in that she should be dead Mm -hmm. by by Dome Law and she's not. So that makes her you know, have to try harder. Mm, I see. Go beyond what people expect of her.
0: That reminds me of um, Ender's Game.
1: A lot like (laughs) Yes. Uh, Ender kills somebody at the age of six. Yep. And 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 Orson Scott Card is puts you in his head while he does it. Yeah. And it seems logical and reasonable, and that's sort of what I was trying to do with with Siobhan. Okay. It's you only see and feel what she sees and feels, and you only learn what she learns. So your learning experience is her learning experience. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Um. So, uh, you mentioned in your other books we're, gon- we're going to see other domes and tribes of this world.
1: Like just, you just expand she, out. She has adventures with other peoples. Okay. Uh, you, do, you do meet some people from other domes in book five.
0: Oh, that's so far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you'll, there's so many other things to meet that are far mm-hmm. more interesting. Okay. And
0: do they, would they play a huge part? Um, would they be adversaries?
1: You know, every, every character I, I introduce becomes an integral part of this plot line. Okay. And, and it generates this ongoing kind of movement towards an ending that you sort of get a hint at. Okay. So yeah, every, everybody and everything and every alien meet in this, in this stories is important.
0: Okay. Are these domes far apart from each other? Or it, I, they have technology,
1: obviously, but. They have technology and they, you know, I, I don't really touch on it, but they've on purpose decided to live a simple life and not use their technology to, to destroy their environment. So they, they could, you know, they could go out and kill all the predators and, sure. and safe. Huh. But they've decided not to do that, so they just—they've taken their the environment and used it to their own advantage. So they ride between domes, and it's days, it's days between domes if you're riding okay. an animal.
0: Okay, and fraught with perils. <laughs>
1: sure, sure. <laughs> but then you know only the fears survive. Right. Right. Okay. And life is a test to you know, do you deserve to be alive? That's the question.
0: Right. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> I don't know if I'll survive. it's <laughs> yeah, so, so
1: nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. So then I'll just stay inside. <laughs> um, how did you come up with the predators for this world? And
1: you know, like I said, it, it started out with a psychic lizard. Right. And then in my head, I'm, you know, I'm something of a science geek and a student of the, the world and And I love the whole evolution and and the progress, and and, you know, you look at something and see how it progressed through the evolution to something else. So I went, okay, what, why, why is there an apex predator that is is psychic, and how would that affect the other animals in the in the food chain? And of course, that would mean that. In the battle of, of the arms, battle to survive, that everything would have to become psychic in order mm-hmm. to defeat this predator, or at least have an advantage in this world. Mm-hmm. So every, everything is psychic, oh, that's interesting. including the humans.
0: Hmm. Oh, okay. Everybody knows everybody's thoughts.
1: <laughs> oh, and that's, that is is in book book one. It's made very clear that you don't broadcast. Everybody has walls, even Mm -hmm. the the boys. The boys are taught to have walls around their mind and that you don't know what everybody's thinking because it's considered ultimately the worst rudeness in the world Mm -hmm. to be able to hear someone else. I see. So when she steps across that line, she apologizes every time because she knows how bad she's been. But she
0: is sick, so... But she is sick. (laughs) They're kind of still impulsive at that age. (laughs) Okay, so we know then Harry Potter would not have survived. No. But
1: then Harry Potter had magic, and she doesn't. doesn't. Yes,
0: that's true. She knows
1: what her inherent (laughs) abilities
0: are. Her power is pretty incredible. Um, It is. As we go through the the book... um, so she talks about this pretty fairly early though is the bear under the mountain just before she goes out of the right. dome with the pack um is that also itself a character in your story? um will that play a huge part, or it, is it just kind of something it, there?
1: bear is always there okay. he's always hanging out. she talks to him he he seems to respond, but you. You know, what is he in your head? You have to go, well, is he a construct of how she views the world? Because she's sick. She has to make the world a manageable thing. So is he real or is he not real? Oh, (laughs) no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) So many questions. (laughs) Um, So... Um, going into Shaban just a little bit, um, on page 45 in in the first book, um, there's a quote that said, do you understand that her gift is the gift of chaos, that her luck is as unpredictable as the wind and must be guarded against? And what does that mean towards her? Because she was really hurt when he said that.
1: She was hurt because he was being mean. Mm-hmm. And she didn't appreciate it, but yes, her luck—it's true. I mean, she she doesn't know the nature of her gift yet, and for him to tell her that is was—you know—she wasn't expecting it. But yeah, her her luck is. Everybody has a luck. All all the she wears a black bead because her luck didn't wasn't good when she did her choosing day. So it's all about the luck and how, how other people perceive her as being good luck or bad luck. So he knows what she is because he's her da, and But he also knows how dangerous she could be because she doesn't play by the rules like okay. everybody else. That, that what, her, what, what the maker of the living thread has created is something far beyond, beyond what anybody understands.
0: Okay. Um, so, is there because we, you know, obviously it's the name of the book, a black bead. Are there other colored beads? Like, would a child who's super lucky <laughs> have like a
1: gold bead? <laughs> no, because because living is just reward enough. If you're alive, you you, you beat the odds. Mm-hmm. But yes, the be- the necklaces, the omes are are full of beads with of different colors, but they represent uh, a genome type they're they're, oh. they're they're a shorthand way of people if you meet a stranger from another dome and you look at their, their ome, you know exactly who they are genetically and everybody's trained to, to read the beads
0: oh because I know you mentioned it a little bit and I was like oh this is to identify who they are right. um, but I would had no idea it was based on genome <laughs> yeah that's, you that's know, fascinating. You get that book, too. <laughs> right. So then the others in other domes, would they just have completely different bees because they're of a different
1: genome or? They're, like... um, well, because, because the boys are traded or fostered out at the age mm-hmm. of seven, that if you're born in a dome and you're a boy, you are shipped out at seven to other domes. hmm so it's it's a way of when you're choosing husbands or, or fathers to the children of of knowing who is suitable and who is not because of their their the, the small genome group they're a small population and the the risk of of bad breeding because of you know sister maybe uh, sisters sure time. sure it
0: becomes an issue. <laughs> Right, okay, wow, so the the entire population in this world is not very large, would you say in the domes in the well, do- okay well,
1: there's yeah, there's other parts of the world,
0: uh-huh, <laughs> but each dome the the population isn't very big,
1: no, they on purpose keep their populations down so they can okay. see themselves in the in the environment they live in right,
0: it would be easily sustainable,
1: right, okay.
0: That's fascinating. Okay. (laughs) Um, So other than the Blackbead Chronicles, um, unfortunately, Blackbead is the only book I've read so far. What other books are currently out that you've written?
1: Um, Bodice Tears is out. Uh, Spider Wars is out. Uh, Trade Fair will be coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dunalkin probably next year. Okay. Because I'm still writing it.
0: Okay, and you said five or six. Is it because you're not sure how six
1: is going to? You know, I started out going, I am so done with this, I'm going to write the end. <laughs> <laughs> book five didn't want to cooperate. Mm-hmm. So I went, okay, fine, there's going to be maybe a book six. Or I'm going to just leave it open-ended and make you guess. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's,
0: it's okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, okay. you gotta make them want more. That's the rule. I, I'm okay with an open-ended book now and then. Like I'm okay with that. <laughs> Sometimes it's frustrating, but I'm okay with it. Just leave Black- more.
1: Blackface, <laughs> you could read it and it would be done. Mm-hmm. It could be done. It, it's okay. But you
0: know, it you does know, stand it alone. Works. But it the, does. The questions is. <laughs> <laughs> It's driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I kind of want to know more now, especially since now I'm understanding like there's like genetics plays a huge part in this and oh, yes. so no, the no,
1: original no. book covers had a, a,
0: a DNA
1: spiral on them but
0: oh, that would have made more sense to me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have given me too much. I guess. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's Like I get it. <laughs> okay. Um so one thing I did notice was Blackbead was fairly short, especially since it's only one specific adventure for Shabon and her pack. Um, and the others, um, like you said, Bates Tears and Spider Wars are pretty long. Pretty, pretty long. Um, yeah. Was that on purpose?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Want me to tell you why? Yes, please. <laughs> so Blackbead is... is- like a, a baseline. It's like, shh. it doesn't have a lot of exposition. It's just a story. And it introduces the, the main characters of, of the pack. And you, it ends with the adventure done and everybody's happy. And, and the promise that more adventures will come. And it's short and sweet and small so that you remember it because what happens in the next books and she's going to grieve the days when she was young and innocent and, and not so encumbered by what the world wants to give her. So I wanted you to, to grieve with her that you know she had lost something. So
0: we follow shaban basically throughout life? So far she's 11 in
1: book five. Okay, that's still a good chunk of her life. <laughs> still, still, still a good chunk. She's uh-huh. still learning, learning how to manage her gifts. Okay. And she still doesn't know the limit of what her gifts might be. mm mm-hmm.
0: um, Now, does she discover things of how the whole dome society works? Like, does she discover something nefarious? Or is it just something that we just learn as her story progresses because she knows more?
1: She, as she interacts with her the, her parents, her the parents is a strange word the coven and their husbands is, is a marriage mm-hmm. ten individuals in this group and they're all married to each other and they all have sex and, you know it's okay. bisexual or asexual or <laughs> whatever huh. I, there's no definitions and no labels you just have to in your head think whatever you want to think I, I leave that kind of unspoken so yeah, what was the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does she, is it something like, is so the history and the background of the domes in the society, huh. is that hidden that she discovers or is that something she just learns as she gets older and we learn
1: with her? She, she meets meets other people inside the dome and outside the dome who tell her things. Okay. And she learns things that she didn't realize were true about herself and about the domes and about the planet she's on and... The world, the universe that she lives in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: we have five or six books <laughs> in the <this> series. <laughs> five that I know about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so can I safely say it just gets a little more intense as the series goes on? How much? What do we expect of Shaban since we're following her story?
1: She she um, learns why her mother's. Plural, have created her and what her purpose is, and and it like any young girl, she hates them for it. <laughs> and so there's this <laughs> whole dynamic of, of rebellion and acceptance, and she, eventually she decides, you know, if 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 my parents are as ruthless as they think they are, then I'll be doubly ruthless and take my destiny in my own hands.
0: Oh, okay. So a li-
1: it becomes a little
0: more coming of age?
1: Yeah, It more coming of age, more, okay. uh, more of a, a perverse kind of, you know, so, sort of a suicidal kind of leap off the ends of the earth kind of thing. hmm <clears throat> wow, so there's
0: just a lot to look forward to <laughs> a lot to look
1: forward to she She runs a whole gamut of emotions and mm-hmm. eventually comes to some sort of acceptance towards but that's like way off in, in book five okay,
0: all right, so now we know we gotta. You know, get on it. Although, maybe you'll t- hold off just a little bit. So, like, when you release the books, I don't have to wait as long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> everybody so, says that. I'll finish it and I'll just get all of them together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just just like a slow burn. <laughs> we'll make it a slow, even <laughs> burn. <laughs> well, fantastic. if you like book
1: one, you're going to like the rest of them.
0: Okay. That's great. Um, well, thank you so much for this interview. You just brought a lot of depth to Blackbead and to the rest of the series. That like it just blew my mind. Well, <laughs> uh, you, you asked some really good
1: questions at uh, first sort of intelligent interview (laughs) because uh, you know you read the book
0: (laughs) (laughs) it it kind of helps to read the book (laughs) Um, and so yeah okay so I'm going to definitely look forward to the series Um, and thank you so much for this interview
1: you're welcome it
0: was a, a lot of fun this concludes our interview with J.D. Lakey. We hope you enjoyed this special episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you join us for our next monthly podcast at Sunrise Robot. Check us out at sunriserobot.net slash eclectic readers or on Goodreads. Look for relevant links in our show notes, and let's show this until next time.